Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Revealing and unconcealing, what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings? Exploring the power of the body-mind and our current relationship with reality. Together, I want to dive into an inquiry into what is happening in our world today and who we are being and how we are living in it, both individually and as a species. What is it that is keeping us stuck, causing us to repeat the same patterns and cycles? What is getting in the way of our potential and our evolution as a species? I'm Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and many human stories on why we are the way we are and what is required for us to outgrow our current way of being and birth a new possibility for ourselves. Because now is the time to remember and to discover our infinite potential of being human. Welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. I am Nikki Clinch, and I am your host, and I'm going to be speaking to you today about, I think, a topic that really, really confuses a lot of people, and I think there is a confusion collectively in relation to this topic. So I hope that hearing everything in this episode will be able to make a lot of sense, some things that haven't made sense to you in relation to your growth and your evolution and your healing journey. So today I want to speak about homeostasis. Homeostasis. What is that? And this magnetic pull to return to familiar even if familiar is deeply painful or uncomfortable or causes us so much suffering or we hate it and we beg and we plead and we will do everything we can to try and change it and get rid of it. And yet there's this magnetic pull as human beings to return to the same old, same old way of being and experience of the world. And because of this, why growth, outgrowing the story, outgrowing our stuckness, outgrowing our patterns is actually uncomfortable rather than comfortable, which of course then triggers the whole survival mechanism anyway. And then we go back to the familiar and we find ourselves going round and round and round again. So homeostasis, the magnetic pull to return to the familiar and why growing is actually uncomfortable at first, not comfortable. So let's dive in because I think this one causes so many people so much confusion and so much pain. And I want to remind you again, those of you who are brand new here, everything that I am speaking about is not just about you or the individual. This is from the context 
of the design of the being of human being. Everything in this entire podcast is an inquiry into why we as a species are not yet living and aligned and embodying our infinite potential, which is available and accessible to every single one of us. I literally just said this this morning. I was leading one of my groups, my mastermind group, Mastering Life, and I said these exact words. Power and infinite potential, infinite power to be able to create and generate reality and our world is available to every single human being, regardless of story or conditioning or historical context or cultural agreements. For some, there are many, many more hurdles to to overcome. But because of the actual design structure of human being, because of the way in which the human mind is designed, because of our perception apparatus, because of our dance with 3D reality, if you are human, the power and the potential is available to you. Some people just need to have an even deeper level of courage and commitment. And and when I say commitment, I don't mean, I don't mean the kind of commitment, like if you don't do it, then you're doing something wrong. I mean, like this takes a lot of courage for some people because there are a lot of stories to overcome and a lot of conditioning to overcome and a lot of hurdles to overcome. But just on a, a design structure level, on an ontological level, if you are human, the potential is there. And that's really what this whole podcast is about, is unlocking what is it that is stuck and blind and unconscious that is blinding us and blocking us from this extraordinary power that we have as a species to evolve, to bend and play with time, to to generate and create 3D reality, to alchemize vision and intention into 3D form, to mature and outgrow and complete points of history that live inside us to complete the past and break the cycles. We, as a species, have the potential in us to do all of this. And it begins with you individually. Your current relationship with being human, you. Your current relationship with being human and and your relationship with life and reality, it begins with you. And so this podcast is for you and me, but also for the species. So I just, I wanted to kind of set that context in case you're a brand new listener. And if you are welcome, I'm so happy to have you here. So today's episode is on homeostasis and this strange magnetic pull to return to the familiar, even if the familiar is painful causes us such suffering. Why is that? Why are we so attached, predominantly unconsciously, to what is familiar? Now, this may also 
trigger you by listening to this because if you really let this conversation in, then it will reveal to you and to us that that magnetic dragging back to the familiar is happening inside of us rather than outside of us. Meaning, we are the ones that are attached to what is familiar, predominantly unconsciously. In fact, mechanically, and that's what I want to talk about today. So what is homeostasis? Homeostasis is the body-mind's way or the body-mind's design function to keep the internal system, the internal environment of the human body in a state of balance, back to a state of balance. It's the body-mind's design function, in fact, the nervous system's function to, and the nervous system is connected to the brain-mind. So it really is a body-mind design function in order to keep the temperature gauge of the internal environment of the human body, of the human being, back to a place of balance. And it is extremely effective. And when I say effective, I mean it will mechanically, at whatever cost, return the internal environment back to a state of balance. And I'm going to, if you're on video, you'll see that I'm doing inverted commas around the word balance. If you're listening, I just told you what I did. A very mechanical, efficient design function to return the internal environment to a state of balance or to keep it in a state of balance. So the brain mind and the nervous system are mechanically doing what they're meant to do. Just like a toaster makes toast, the brain mind, nervous system and brain mind, the body mind is doing what its function is to do is to return the internal environment to a state of balance. Now, the question here is, the first question is, what's balance? Balance is not a, a something. It's not a already always there something. Balance is only balance in relationship to whatever it is and whoever it is, or the context from which is trying to create balance. So what I mean by that is, and if you listen to the episode before this about context, the context from which you even know who you are will be having a massive impact on what balance is for you and what your nervous system and brain mind, your body mind, mechanical functioning will recognize, recognize as balance. Let me put that into more understandable language. Whatever you are used to as normal will be your balance even if normal, is extreme levels of drama and chaos, of addiction all around you and this constant feeling of unsafety, 
or panic and terror or extreme alert, alertedness and awareness, if whatever your original experiences of life, because that's when the entire story and identity is even formed, is in those early years of childhood, then that will be what is wired in your body-mind as normal. Even though as we grow up, we understand logically and practically, if we have done some investigation of our, about our life, that it is not in fact balance or normal, the mechanical system, the mechanical functioning the survival mechanism led by the brain, mind, and nervous system, and your attachment to that identity and that way of being doesn't care that you logically, conceptually understand that it isn't what balance is. It will, just like a temperature gauge, it will mechanically sense the environment around you and return the internal environment back to whatever is wired as normal. I remember when I first started therapy. I was 17 and I was in a pretty bad way. I was at drama school and I was a drug addict. And I was really, I was just all over the place. I was bulimic and I was a drug addict. And I remember being offered some therapy sessions, quite understandably, because I was clearly not handling life. And I will never forget sitting in that therapy session. That was the very first therapy session I ever had. And I will never forget sitting in that therapy session. And it was the first time I said out loud, what my experience of my childhood was. And as I was saying it, I will never forget it because it wasn't just words. I remember knowing, not just believing, knowing that what I saw and what I was saying was just the way it is. I remember saying to my therapist, talking about all the intimate chaos and stuff that was going on in my childhood, which was not pleasant and saying out loud, but isn't that just normal? That's just normal. I remember genuinely believing, thinking, knowing that isn't that happening inside every household. It was so mind blowing to me to begin a questioning and a conversation that no, what I had only known as normal was not happening in every household, just mine. Well, not just mine, because there were there are others that have similar identification, but it's more about the blind spot, my own blind spot of consciousness. What is normal to me or was normal to me is consistent to the environment and the experiences that I grew up around. And 
the brain mind has a design function to survive and only to survive. Your brain mind doesn't care about whether you are free or whether you are at peace or whether you are in love. Your brain mind only has one design function and that is to help you survive long enough to procreate. It's mechanical. And if you have experienced whatever it is that you experienced in your childhood, that will be wired, not just as, oh, this is what I experienced in my childhood, but it will change as I grow older. No, it is wired as the way it is. And the experiences are stored, literally the emotional and energetic experiences of that way of being are stored and frozen in the nervous system and the conditioning and the beliefs and the experiences and the memories of it are stored in the brain mind. And that wiring is wired as the way it is. It's wired as the way it is and a way that you survived. And so anything that is outside that way it is will be tracked by the brain mind and body mind, the nervous system and the brain mind as outside the temperature gauge of balance. Now, on a mental conceptual level, you're like, that that can't be true. Don't be ridiculous. No, your brain, your body mind is not going, oh, this doesn't feel stable and healthy. Let's try and return this human being to peace. No, if peace wasn't even in your childhood, then peace itself will be a threat to your survival mechanism. So homeostasis is whatever is the returning back to a state of balance of the known, of the your normal, of the way it is for you. Let me go deeper into this because if you really let this in, this will make a lot of sense to why we are the way we are, why we sabotage, why we are repelled by things outside of our story, why we experience such deep levels of uncomfortableness and fear and panic and threat when good things are happening or the things that we want, why we struggle to actually do the things we know are the good things for us, why we struggle to actually grow into who we know deep down we are born to to be, why we struggle to step into such huge spaces of leadership when we know that's our purpose. It, If you let this in, this will make a lot of sense. So I'll use an example of a client. I have a client who I worked with, I facilitated in our program, Listening to Life. And in their childhood, being seen was not safe. This human being grew up in an environment that where there was a lot of addiction around them. And in order to be able to survive... And survival for a child is not just not dying. It's also making sure that you get to, that you are accepted 
in the family system because we're animals. And if you get kicked out of the family system when you're four or five years old, you don't make it. It's survival. So all the ways that you try and make sure that you're going to be accepted and kept in the family system, but also if you get spotted and seen and you're standing up too much and making too much noise, then it may trigger some kind of threat like angry outbursts by parents or punishment or criticism or judgment or danger. So this human being's entire experience of the world, because when you're a child, that is your world, came with being seen is dangerous and unsafe. And the only way that I'm going to be able to fit in and make sure that I'm not completely abandoned and cast out is if I mold myself to everyone around me and I just say what is wanted and accepted to be said, and I don't take up too much space. That isn't just behavior. Behavior is really just the actionable expression of what's happening on an internal environment, the always already frozen internal environment. That entire experience of the world is frozen in the nervous system and the brain mind as the way the world is. Now, that human being, that child, grew up, that literally continued to experience the world that way. Surprise, surprise. The only way that they can be in relationship with other people is to mold themselves or into what fits. So they rate, they have a radar on what this person's around them likes and what's happening around them. So they have to mold themselves into what fits, not to take up too much space and always, always be ready for the threat and the danger that is already coming if they use their voice too much and they get seen too much. But of course, deep down at the root, there is a desperate need to also be seen and to take up space and to be powerful. So there's a massive conflict going on. And that conflict, the very longing to be seen and powerful, that also completely conflicts and activates the survival mechanism and the experience, the balanced, always already knowing of the experience, they are in conflict. And so the more that human being tries to then follow their dreams and become powerful and to be seen, directly activates and triggers the old, familiar, always already knowing of how the world is. Unsafe, need to mold myself, I'll get cast out. It's survival-led. So much so that the brain-mind is a pattern recognition device. It will literally track anything that is remotely familiar to what it needs to track around being seen. And it will activate all the frozen memories and experience and this whole survival mechanism. So becoming part of a group, people are looking at me instantly 
re-experiencing the same experience as, as when you were a child in your childhood. I'm not safe. I have to mold myself. If I take up too much space, I'm going to be in danger. And it's literally your, your nervous system will be flooding your system back to the familiar place of balance, even if balance is painful, even if balance doesn't benefit you in any way. If it is the old familiar knowing, that is how the mechanical system will store it as balance. It's homeostasis. And then we believe that what is flooding us and what is moving through us is real and true. We really do believe that human being really did believe, really did believe that there was threat going on inside that group. They were unsafe. If they used their voice, they were going to be shut down. It feels real and true, not just feels. If you watch the past episodes, what's happening in the internal system will then color an entire filter on how the external world will appear. So then you will actually start seeing threat and danger and all the familiar repeating patterns of your childhood. <sighs> wow. We as human beings, we have quite something to evolve through. Now, here's this. If you want, if that human being, which they did because they were in the Listening to Life program and they're working with us in their maturation, has a, a dream to be a leader, to be seen, wants to be seen in a relationship, wants to have connection, wants to be loved, wants to have a family, wants to stand on stages and express their work in the world. Anything, anything good like what they dream about, the very fact that they dream about being seen and being in their power, that in itself will activate the entire survival mechanism. And then the, once again, the body mind is flooded with the same old experience. It's literally a machine trying to keep you back into your balance. So it's physically and biologically impossible for that human being to grow into this vision and dream of what they dream of for themselves without directly having to continuously re-experience and re-feel and re-face everything that has been frozen from past that is in relation to being seen and powerful and in their leadership and taking up space. So them growing into their vision or even having a vision bigger than what is already known as balance is also a trigger to the mechanical system itself. So what do we do? Well, firstly, in order to grow into your vision, are you prepared to actually be very, 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 very uncomfortable and be responsible for how the past is flooding you every single time? And I think this is where the confusion lies. We think that just because we want something that it should feel great and wonderful. But if you grew up in an environment where love is entangled with betrayal and manipulation and unsafety, 
but your dream is to have deep, beautiful love in your life, then your dream itself is a trigger to your mechanical survival story. So the question is, is how much do you want your dream? Because in order to grow into the dream, we have to be bring consciousness to this homeostasis, this mechanical pull to return to the familiar. Here's the interesting piece. The dream itself is the trigger. The body-mind activates the survival mechanism and it will appear exactly as your childhood appeared to you. And it will blind you and you will think it's real. So you will sabotage or you'll find ways not to fulfill your dreams or you'll find ways to make sure you stay small because your past is still coloring everything about how you experience the present. And the blind spot is, is that we think it's real and true. When really it's this very efficient mechanism, survival mechanism, the nervous system and the brain mind trying to keep us in a state of homeostasis. So the dream that you have itself is the trigger. And then here's the other thing. Many people that I've spoken to think that when they finally get to their dream, it will feel wonderful and free them of this suffering that they're stuck in. No. If it's outside of what is the always already known experience or story, like peace, like abundance, like love. I know a lot of people go, when I make the million, then I'll be free. No, because peace and freedom and love and deep connection and self-love and free of drama and free of chaos, if that is not part of your always already knowing story, then it will not feel comfortable. It will feel uncomfortable. So much so that if what your normal is, if you grew up around a lot of chaos and drama and unsafety and threat, I'm just using that as one example, but this relates to every human being, and you walk into a relationship that is completely free of drama and chaos and threat and unsafety, in fact, there's only love and kindness and safety there. It will feel so unsettling to you that even if nothing external creates any unsafety or drama or chaos, you yourself will create it because it is what is your balance. I remember when my husband and I did a huge amount of work on ourselves, we had been separated and we outgrew this dynamic and this story that we'd just been fighting and fighting for nine years. And we got back together. And when we got back together, we noticed that the usual points that we would usually get triggered with each other, we didn't. In fact, we were getting on really, really well. The drama had gone. It was peaceful the intensity had gone. It was calm. There was nothing to fight about. There was nothing to complain about. I tell you what, you would think on a conceptual, practical level that would, that would be a wonderful, blissful place to land. No, it was deeply unsettling for me. I was shocked 
at how unsettling it was. So much so that when there was no more drama, I noticed my own consciousness was able to see this magnetic pull that started rising in my body to pick a fight with him. And my brain started, my mind started thinking, why is he breathing that way? Why, why is he doing it that way? What, what's wrong with him? Mana, 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 mana. He's never there for me. And the body mind experience floods my system and the noise in my mind is going off. And boy, did I want to pick a fight and create some drama. Luckily, I had brought consciousness to what had been mechanical and unconscious, and I was able to be responsible for what was flooding me, not just the, the past was flooding me, but how attached I was to it. That is a whole nother level of responsibility, that we are more attached to the instability and the drama and the story than we think. That even though the story and the survival mechanism is unstable, the instability of it is our stable. And it's not you doing anything wrong. It's mechanical. It's quite literally led by a survival mechanism. So how do we deal with this? Well, consciousness, whatever is unconscious will live us. So bringing consciousness to what has been unconscious, bringing consciousness to this mechanical magnetic pull to return to what is familiar, even when we want to get the hell out of it, it is still the familiar. It's like a soothing comfort blanket even if the comfort blanket is painful. Bringing consciousness to what has been unconscious allows us to start stepping into another level of power. That is actually the beginnings of maturation, outgrowing a mechanical way of being led by survival, outgrowing our story. But here's the difficult part, and here's the human dilemma. In order to outgrow your story, it requires us to consciously destabilize what has been stable. We have to choose to destabilize what we have been stable and attached to, even knowing that what we have been stable and attached to has been causing us extraordinary amounts of pain and keeping us stuck in the past. Conscious destabilization means we are bringing awareness to what has been our homeostasis and consciously choosing to step into what is uncomfortable and beyond this attachment to the way it is. Conscious destabilization is allowing us to experience the uncomfortability of what has been normalized. And that is the human dilemma. We want to be seen, but being seen itself will trigger unsafety, threat, danger. 
Well, I can see that the unsafety threat danger has been my stable. And in order to outgrow this, I consciously choose to destabilize this and be with how uncomfortable it is at first. It's something I always say to my, our clients. Often it will feel worse before it gets better. Are you ready? I want love, but love itself is the trigger and triggers betrayal. I won't be chosen, shame, unsafety. Okay, how much do you want your dream more than your survival? Are you ready to consciously destabilize? I want to be powerful, but power itself is the trigger to my biggest threat. In order to outgrow who we think we are, we have to be willing to consciously destabilize, be destabilized. The old needs to die. I remember Charles Eisenstein saying, before a rebirth, there must be destruction. Maturation is a destructive process, meaning it is destroying what is keeping you stuck and what is not even yours and what is being led by survival in order to allow you to be birthed through. But can you do it consciously? I choose to destabilize what I have been attached to because it is keeping me stuck. So growth itself is not comfortable. In fact, at the beginning, we need to be prepared for it to be uncomfortable and to consciously choose the uncomfortability in order to quite literally, experientially outgrow it. Just like I'm doing this, like a snake writhes its way out of its skin. It's a very physical process of evolution. Are we prepared to consciously destabilize what we have been unconsciously attached to as the way it is and our normal in order to experientially and consciously outgrow it? And in our outgrowing a new normal, in our conscious destabilization, and then we're willing to be radically responsible for how uncomfortable it is and what floods through us and keep going anyway. We need to want our vision more than our survival. We will discover a new normal, a new stabilization. And the nervous system and the brain mind will also be rewired. The rewiring will have a new normal. That's what maturation is. There's no end to it. We can keep going through our journey. Some people in our world of maturation have been with us nine, 10 years. They're still evolving and evolving and evolving and evolving. And we keep re allowing the rewiring of our neural pathways and the experiential memory in our body, outgrowing the history that has been frozen in our body and birthing a new normal. That's how powerful we are. I mean, we are so powerful as an animal. We are so powerful. So where does that leave you? Bring consciousness to what is unconscious. When, when you hear everything in this episode, can you bring consciousness to what your stable may be? If you are in a repeating pattern with money or you're in a repeating pattern with intimacy, 
journal. What is the experience that floods your body? What is the textural sensory experience? What are the emotions? What are the thoughts? How does that track back to your original experience of your childhood and bring consciousness to how that has just felt normal to you? Would you even know who you are if it is no longer there? Have you ever known yourself without this experience? And if the answer is no, and I mean for long periods of time, not just like little bursts of awakening, then that is showing you what your normal is. And so what is your dream? Do you want to, do you want to stand on stages? Do you want to be in your power? Do you want love? Do you want to be seen? Do you want connection? Do you want abundance? Notice how whatever it is that you dream is on the other side of your ability and your willingness and your courage and your commitment to consciously destabilize your attachment to what has been normal. And then are you prepared to feel everything that floods you with your own radical responsibility in service of growing into who you want to grow into? Because if the answer is yes, then I'm excited for you. And it's hard to do this alone. In fact, I would never do this alone. That's why we have the programs that we have in our maturation containers. That's why we we have support around us. That's why we need those intimate mirrors and those people to hold space for us so that we can consciously destabilize what we've been attached to and be radically responsible for what moves through us in service of outgrowing it like a snake shedding its skin and birthing into a new stabilization. So I hope that you found this episode useful. Thank you so much for listening. Please do share your comments, aha moments, insights, light bulb moments with us in the comments below the video. If you want to contact us directly, you can write to us at support at nikkiclinch.com. If you find these episodes useful, please do share them with the people that you love, with your friends, family, partners, children. Share them with as many people as you feel this would support and help. Remember, if this if you are human, then all of these teachings relate to you. And the most generous thing that you can do for us and for me is to go to Apple and write a review and give us a star rating so that this podcast can spread far and wide, which is my intention and my vision. To help as many human beings as possible, get a real sense and understanding of why we are the way we are and also tapping into that infinite field of potential that is available to all of us. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast, and I am Nikki Clinch, your host. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. That's me, your host. If you are interested in understanding in a much more deeper way why we are the way we are as human beings, why your life unfolds the way it does, and how to access this extraordinary power and potential that is already there within you, within all of us actually, that you are curious and interested in how to access it, how to embody it, and how to start living it 
And whilst discovering all these things about us as human beings and our infinite potential of being human, hopefully answering some unanswered questions as to what is happening in our world today. If this is what is calling you, then please do download our free three-day masterclass, Breaking the Cycle of Repeating Patterns in Your Life, Relationships and Business. Or you can head to our website, www.nikkiclinch.com and enjoy yourself with all the information, checking out the courses and the workshops and our offerings on there. Thank you so much for listening.